0: Good morning, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, nearly everyone with a job will lose a job at one time or another, but that helpless feeling doesn't mean you are helpless. Noted workplace attorney Stephen Mitchell Sack explains what to do if and when you get fired. Also this morning, past events have helped clear hundreds of backlog cases off the books. The Findlay Municipal Court is holding another day dedicated to settling issues related to restricted driving privileges and suspended licenses. We'll have details. And members of the cast will join us to preview the youth theater production of All Shook Up, inspired by the music of Elvis Presley at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, September 26, 2022. Today is Johnny Appleseed Day. Uh, Johnny Appleseed born on this day in 1774. And of course, uh, made his way through this part of the country, planting apple seeds uh, everywhere he went. And uh, so today we celebrate Johnny Appleseed Day. It is also Lumberjack Day. (laughs) Johnny Appleseed planted all of the uh, tree seeds and then the lumberjacks come by and Chop them all down. Uh, National Better Breakfast Day today. Remember, breakfast, the most important meal of the day. National Voter Registration Day, and it is Shamu the Whale Day. So, reasons to celebrate today. So, uh, this is kind of interesting ahead of the holiday travel season. We're just past the summer travel season, uh, the holiday a uh, busy uh, travel season is right around the corner. This is what they call the shoulder season. So, as kind of in between the two busy times of the year, the annual Skytrax World Airline Awards uh, are out. The rankings of the best airlines in the world, and uh, overall, the world's best airline, Qatar Airlines or Qatar Airlines. Uh, the state carrier of the nation of Qatar. Uh, Second year in a row that Qatar Qatar Airlines has been number one, Singapore Airlines and Emirates Air came in second and third, respectively. Now, I have never flown any of those exotic foreign carriers, but from what I understand, particularly on Emirates, I don't know about the others, and particularly on Emirates, it is... An experience unlike any other to fly on one of these airlines. Apparently, it is just even the cheapest fares. And the cheapest fares on these airlines are not cheap. But the level of service, the level of luxury is just off the charts from what I understand on these uh, airlines. So those are the uh, top airlines in the world. Turkish Airlines listed as the best airline in Europe. Uh, ANA, all Nippon Airways, uh, won the award for best airline cleanliness. And for the North America categories, which is the ones that that we care about, because these are the carriers that most of us will fly on. For the North American categories, Southwest won the best low-cost airline designation. Uh, Delta was tops in terms of staff services and United won best business class lounge, best business class lounge. So not so much for what they what they do in the air, but what they do in the airports while you're waiting to board the plane is the best thing for uh, United there. So uh, there you go. Uh, just in case you are making some travel plans for the upcoming uh, holiday season, you want to know what the best airlines are, now you know. Uh, let's see what else is uh, going on. First things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Scientists at Durham University have discovered that babies in the womb apparently have food preferences. <laughs> In a first-of-its-kind study to see if unborn babies prefer certain foods as compared to others, because remember, they get their nutrition not by eating, obviously, through the umbilical cord and and so on. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure what would make them think that unborn babies that get their nutrition without tasting or consuming technically quote-unquote consuming food in a traditional way why they thought that unborn babies might have food preferences but they decided to test this because apparently they had nothing better to do with their time at durham university and believe it or not uh they found that yes it does appear that on some level unborn children have food preferences at least if the observations of the scientists are to be believed 100 pregnant women participated in the study were split into three groups one group consumed kale the next group consumed carrots and the third uh, was the control group didn't eat anything at least for the period of the study and uh, scientists then examined ultrasound images after the mothers consumed or didn't consume these foods. Kale seemed to correlate with unborn babies making a crying face, <laughs> just as you would expect after they were born. <laughs> uh, moms who consumed carrots tended to show smiling babies on the ultrasound babies te- seem to smile uh and uh moms obviously who didn't consume anything there was no change so um so they take that to mean that maybe just maybe and they are quick to point out that more research is needed to see if what a, a mother consumes during pregnancy impacts a baby's preferences after being born but it does seem to indicate that there is some sort of correlation between what a mother consumes uh or it it does seem to have some impact on an even an unborn child so i don't know uh i look at that though and i just say that just tells me no one likes kale no one likes kale at all hmm And just get rid of this once and for all. Um, NFL news. This was, this was kind of cool. Uh, over the weekend, Farm Aid was held. I don't know if you knew this. The annual Farm Aid event uh, started all the way back in 1985. And over the years, Farm Aid has raised over $64 million to help family farms stay in business. Uh, Over the weekend, the uh, concert benefit concert was held in Raleigh, North Carolina, featuring Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp and others. And just before John Mellencamp took to the stage, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, Jim Ursay, who apparently was at the concert. I don't know if he was at the concert just because he wanted to attend the concert. The Colts were playing yesterday. Um So I don't know whether he was at the concert to enjoy the concert or specifically for this. But uh, right before John Mellencamp took the stage, uh, Jim Ursay came on stage and presented him with a $1 million check for Farm Aid. Donated $1 million. That is cool. Now, of course, uh, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, as we mentioned, John Mellencamp is an Indiana native. uh, So that's why... They presented the check right before John Mellencamp uh, was set to perform. But that is a a very cool donation. So I thought worth pointing out. And uh, so that is cool. Um, This is a a follow-up, follow-up story to one that we had last week. Remember, we were mentioning the sleepy time chicken recipe that is making the rounds on social media the FDA issuing a warning about not cooking chicken marinated in Nyquil <laughs> you remember when we mentioned this was it was it Wednesday i think it might have been Wednesday we were talking about this and saying i cannot believe that i actually have to say this tell people not to marinate your chicken in cough medicine <laughs> Uh, But here we are. Um, So the FDA issued this warning about uh, the revolting sleepy time chicken recipe, uh, which apparently began as a joke online, but then all of a sudden sort of took off uh, as viral things do, went viral on the Internet as things tend to do. So the FDA issued a warning talking about how dangerous it is And apparently the law of unintended consequences is at play right before the FDA issued its warning. There were, believe it or not, only four searches on TikTok for this. Um, But a spokesperson for the social media app says by the end of the day Wednesday, searches spiked to fourteen hundred. After the FDA issued its warning. So it seems that by calling attention to this, the FDA actually raised people's interest, piqued people's curiosity about this. Again, for the record, the FDA says uh, this is very dangerous. It could be hazardous to your health. Just cooking this could be hazardous to your health because of the fumes of cooking cough medicine um they uh, note that uh the nyquil chicken to the best of their knowledge has not resulted in any deaths or illnesses but that is no reason to try it so, Duh. again i can't believe we have to tell people don't marinate your chicken in cough medicine or uh, NyQuil, I guess it's not cough medicine, it's NyQuil. Um, don't marinate your chicken in it, and uh, cook it, and eat it. It can be dangerous. <clears throat> and uh, lastly, uh, certainly want to uh, wish the uh, our Jewish friends a very happy Rosh Hashanah. The Jewish New Year celebrations started Sunday evening, uh, Rosh Hashanah kicks off a ten-day period of reflection. Ten-day yeah, period of reflection, ending with Yom Kippur, which begins the evening of October fourth. For so, for our Jewish friends, a very happy New Year, uh, celebrating Rosh Hashanah, which I just enjoy saying. I just think it's uh it's a lovely phrase, Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> I just love saying it. Rosh Hashanah. Happy uh, Jewish New Year. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started.
1: WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly cloudy today. A chance of a few showers. A high of 62. It'll be mostly cloudy tonight. A low of 50. Police officers rushed to Finley High School to investigate on Friday afternoon after somebody called in a report of an active shooter at the high school. Captain Mathias says the call was a hoax and other police departments in Ohio got similar swatting calls on Friday. This type of incident that happened across the state of Ohio and possibly across the nation of swatting incidents of of hoax calls about the active shooter situations He says Finley officers, Hancock deputies, and University of Finley police all responded and checked the high school and Millstream Career Center and determined the call was a hoax. Get more on the website. People in Fostoria can now possess up to 200 grams or about 7 ounces of marijuana and not face any fine, jail time, or have it put on their criminal record. Fostoria Council Member Ed Logsdon says the laws in Fostoria have been used to target people of color more often. There was a lot of conditions in there that I felt were onerous and used specifically against people that didn't look like me. Logsdon wants to make clear this doesn't make marijuana legal to use on the street. No, people aren't going to be walking around or anything like that, smoking or something that doesn't happen. It's just been decriminalized in that there's no real penalty as long as the amounts were minor amounts. WTOL 11's Chase Bachman reporting. Sports betting goes legal in Ohio on January 1st, and hundreds of businesses are applying for type C licenses, which are kiosks.
2: Jessica Franks with the Ohio Casino Control Commission says they've already approved more than 800 locations.
3: Those are going to be kiosks that folks might see at bars, restaurants and certain other businesses that have the appropriate liquor permits. And so they'll be able to
2: place wagers using those kiosks. Franks says this is the largest expansion of gaming in Ohio's history.
1: Owen oh, Antoneal Fisher reporting. Finley Municipal Court is providing people with driver's license restrictions an opportunity to resolve their issues. The court's fourth annual DUS Day Clinic will be held next week. Over the past three years, the court has helped more than 250 people get on the right track to obtaining a valid license. Get more details on the website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: Well, unless you're in business for yourself, everyone who works for a living runs the risk of getting fired. Every year, more than 20 million U.S. workers lose a job for one reason or another. If it's ever happened to you, you know how helpless you can feel. But it doesn't mean you actually are helpless. Nationally known workplace attorney Stephen Mitchell Sack is author of the book Fired, what he calls a first aid kit for surviving a firing. And Stephen, what is the first thing that you advise people to do if and when they do get that dreaded pink slip?
4: What I suggest people do is figure out why they were fired. Most of the time, I'm, I'm, you know, we're presuming that you're not fired for punching someone out or stealing or you know drinking on the job, right? But it's a layoff restructuring. It's something that, you know, you didn't do anything wrong, so to speak. Um, that's the first thing. And then if that happened to you, you have to question the firing, certainly the timing of it. And you must go back in. And if they make you an offer of severance, always negotiate a better deal.
0: So you're dealing with terminations that may necess- may not necessarily be wrongful, not a, a legal recourse. I mean, sometimes there will be wrongful termination, and that's a whole different set of uh, issues, right?
4: Correct. Even if you're not illegally fired, you might have been unfairly fired. Let's say you're terminated right before you're expecting a bonus, or you did the legwork on a large commission and the customer's about to pay the million dollars for the order that you worked so hard to procure, and they fire you right before the customer finalizes the deal, Mm. or you're terminated right before an expected uh, financial benefit like stock options that are about to vest or a pension or profit-sharing plan. In those and many more circumstances, the firing itself may have been legal, but the timing is wrong, and and you really need to get the fruits of your labors, the benefit of what you did for them. And in Fired I lay out the ways the ways in which people can uh, ask for more money, what to say, what to do, and I think it's very clear that if they go in there and ask for it, the odds are good that they'll get a better package.
0: I would imagine it's fairly common for someone to come back with, you know, I, you're probably right, but you know what? If I, if I do fight back or if I do uh, try to uh, you know, go back uh, to the, I get this reputation that will dog me in the future. Will, will I win the battle and lose the war?
4: It's a very possible, uh, 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 you know, idea. Um, I don't find that at all in the 15,000 people that I've served. Not one person has ever said to me, you know, by you asking for it, you screwed up my reputation. Never. Most likely, I mean, I just settled the case. A woman worked for a law firm. She had been there for 12 years. They offered her 34500 thirty-four thousand five hundred in severance. Mm-hmm. And I got involved, and I wound up getting her forty-seven five. You know, another another uh, 14000 bucks. 12000 bucks, something like that. Not a big big deal, but you know what? If you don't ask for it, it's never going to happen. So why not go back in and take a
0: shot? One of the other things that I wanted to ask about, and it kind of speaks to the phenomenon we're seeing of quiet firings, and we were talking about this on the program the other day, these quiet firings where employers don't come out and actually let someone go, but they will do things like, pass you over for a promotion or deliberately assign you to an undesirable project or cancel coaching sessions or evaluations. It's all in an effort to force someone to quit. Is that legal? It is.
4: Um, never leave a job. That's for sure. I mean, anyone who resigns from a job, I think is making a big mistake unless you have a new job lined up, right? The better way to do it is uh, go to the company and say, look, it's clear that you're not happy with me. I don't know why. Um, I'm doing a great job, but if you don't think so, what I think we should do is just work out a, an amicable severance package, and, and and do it that way. Because, listen, if you resign from a job, you're waiving unemployment benefits. Like we said, before, if you're close to an expected uh, commission or a or a bonus or stock, uh, you're waiving that. So you don't want to give that the company the obligation, the ability to get you out of there and pay you nothing.
0: Yeah, uh, that actually kind of uh, leads to one of the other points that I was going to ask about. Would it be fair to say that uh, a significant number of firings, uh, either that turn out to be uh, wrongful or just unfair, could maybe be prevented if, if some of the underlying issues have been communicated properly from the beginning?
4: Very much so, and that's why one of the strategies I tell everybody Is if you're working for a company and all of a sudden you get a negative performance review or a performance improvement plan and you believe it's subjectively unfair or factually incorrect, don't just sign that you received it and let it go. You have to write a simple, respectful rebuttal so that you preserve your rights and you show them you didn't agree to that. In another situation, let's say you've been working at a company and you were hired by Jim Smith, who has always been your loyal supporter giving you great reviews, and then Jim quit or was terminated, and then uh, Mary Jones comes in, and she's your supervisor, and all of a sudden you start clashing, and you get a negative review. After 10 years, you know, well, a Leopard doesn't change his or her spots. I think that that's pretty clear that you're just being forced to get out of there, and then you should hire a lawyer like myself to speak to them, especially if you've been there a long time, and work out an amicable, fair package. Just one thing I want to tell our listeners that A fair package is shoot for four weeks per year of severance. Now, you may have been offered one week per year, but if you ask for four weeks and they come back with two weeks per year, guess what? You just double the offer. Right. Get them to pay for your medical uh, premiums under Cobra. You know, a lot of companies know that when you're out of work, how are you going to pay the $2,000 a month Cobra premium? The company will very often throw in a couple of months of paid Cobra uh, just to do the right thing by you, but you won't it unless you ask for it
0: you know it strikes me that uh, the information in this book uh not only helpful for anyone who has been fired or is at risk of being fired but also uh, a business owner or a manager who obviously wants to avoid the headache of legal action from a wrongfully uh, or unfairly terminated employee
4: well that's what the reviewers are saying that it's essential for hr people other lawyers and employers to know what rights employees have, how employees are going to react when they're treated unfairly or illegally, and maybe it'll shed some light for an employer on how to do the right thing. For example, I have a series of letters in the book that I included where people, like if they're owed vacation pay or overtime or minimum wage, et cetera, or a bonus or whatever, you know, there's like 15 letters that I wrote in there that, you know, you can just send to a company to fill in the blank. Um, if they don't respond to that under the laws of many states they're liable for liquidated damages uh, for their willful refusal <laughs> to uh, to respond you know what I'm saying so you know they better re- like if you send a letter or an email that you can prove was' delivered and they don't re- they don't re- reply you may have doubled the value of your case which is why employers need to know when they get a letter like that they have to respond to it and they should bend over back with that thing to help the terminated employee because It's such a stressful time, you know, when people are terminated. So it's an important time in a person's life. It's one in which I felt that people need to know their rights, know how to assert themselves, know how to fight back. And that's why I was so thrilled during COVID, uh, last year to write this book, because, um, it's my legacy. You know, I've been doing this for 42 years and my strategies are tried and true. Very few lawyers really practice this very, very unique specialty. Of labor and employment law. And I just felt, you know what? Uh, I wanted to do something and give something back to the American public.
0: Again, uh, nationally known workplace attorney, Stephen Mitchell Sack is author of the book, Fired A First Aid Kit for Surviving a Firing. Do you uh, have a website where folks can learn more about the book?
4: I do. And thank you so much for asking. They can go to LegalStratPub.com. If they want to send me an email, Stephen Sack, A-T-T-Y, at hotmail.com. They can also find me, stephensack.com or the employeeslawyer.com if they want to learn more about
0: me and my work. Stephen Mitchell-Sack, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Again, thanks for inviting me. All the best. So coming up a week from Thursday, next Thursday, October 6th, the Findlay Municipal Court is holding another day Dedicated to settling issues related to restricted driving privileges and or suspended licenses, things of that nature. They are holding another D.U.S. clinic uh, on uh, Thursday, October 6th. And uh, this is an event that the court has hosted in the past with the goal of getting individuals with various restrictions on their driver's license getting those cleared off, and getting people back on the road legally. And um, this will be a full day where they will uh, take care of nothing but these DUS cases uh, on Thursday. And uh, in the past, when these events have been held... It has helped clear hundreds of backlogged cases off the books, so uh, they are helping or they are hoping for a, a similar result uh, next Thursday. Uh, they do ask that you uh, call for an appointment, call the court uh, for an appointment, but an appointment is not necessary. Um, appointments, though, will be given priority over folks who just stop by. You can give the court a call, 419-424-7141. We have the link up for more information at our webpage as well to reserve an appointment. And uh, the various types of license restrictions that you can get uh, help with include license forfeitures. Uh, If your license has been forfeited because of unpaid fines or failure to appear, you can get that straightened out. Uh, If there is a block on your registration because of an unpaid fine, they can get that resolved. Um, If you uh, were under a suspension imposed because of a traffic conviction in Finley Municipal Court and you need limited driving privileges, they can take care of that. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Noncompliance suspensions imposed by the bmv when you don't provide proof of insurance they can settle that uh if you have suspensions because of too many points on your license uh you can deal with that issue and if you have unpaid reinstatement fees owed to the bmv uh they can uh set you up on a repayment plan and get that all straightened out now uh, obviously, you will need to bring any money that you need to resolve uh, those financial issues, uh, proof of insurance, especially if that is your issue, a non-compliance. If you haven't shown proof of insurance, you will need that. And uh, any documentation that you have uh, with respect to your status, your driving status. So that they know exactly where you are and they can sort all of the uh, confusion out. Those are the things you need to bring with you. And uh, during the event, the court will waive the filing fee that is normally assessed for petitioning for driving privileges to be reinstated because of suspension. So in many cases, you can get it taken care of on the spot and you'll be able to drive home legally. Um, Again, this is uh, coming up next Thursday, uh, and it's an all-day thing at the uh, Findlay Municipal Court. We have a link up for more information on our webpage. I want to apologize. We had uh, planned to uh, speak with the uh, Findlay Municipal Court judges Uh, in this segment to get more information. We'll see if we can uh, reschedule them uh, to get more detailed information. But in the meantime, head to our webpage for more information about next Thursday's D.U.S. Clinic from the Findlay Municipal Municipal Court.
1: 20 years of good mornings
4: This program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. This is uh, a crazy young woman in Oklahoma City is in the hospital for what is maybe the craziest injury. Uh, it, this is really wild. Uh, Rebecca Gillespie was struck by a cell phone. While waiting in line for a ride at the Oklahoma State Fair, uh, Rebecca was uh, was hit after the phone came flying out of the pocket of someone who was already on the ride as it flipped upside down. I don't know what ride it was, but it takes riders uh, turns riders upside down, and somebody's cell phone fell out of their pocket and and hit her, sent her to the hospital. Uh, Rebecca's 18 years old. Uh, she suffered a uh, uh, head injury. Doctors say the impact from the phone was not unlike a small missile uh, striking her head at a high rate of speed. State fair officials say this is why rides are clearly marked with signs that say no cell phones allowed. is that crazy? Here's hoping she is okay, but that is uh, just a bizarre uh, injury. One of those... Uh Crazy things. And they, they say that the uh, amusement parks and everything, you go to Cedar Point, they say no cell phones on the right. This is why these things can happen, apparently. Story out of uh, Oregon. Apparently, officials in the state of Oregon are grappling with a weird crime spree. Someone is illegally shot chopping down trees. Now, more than, at la- latest count, more than 750 have been felled, and nobody knows who's doing it or why. The mysterious tree cutter uh, has been at work since August of 2021, has been chopping away along the Springwater Corridor Trail in Gresham, Oregon. Now, mind you, the person does not bother hauling away the trees. They just chop them down, leave them on the side of the trail. Uh, The uh, criminal, whoever it is, has been nicknamed the Gresham Lumberjack, strikes at night and appears to be felling trees with a handsaw. Um, Authorities installed cameras along the trail and put up signs asking those who are walking along the path to report anything mysterious. So far, they are no closer to identifying the uh, person responsible. It is unknown, Um, well, they they have announced that there is a person of interest that they have identified, but still no one in custody, and they don't know for sure if this is the Gresham Lumberjack. When asked what this person's motivation could be, authorities admit that they are stumped. (laughs) Yeah, I know. There's a, there's a very bad pun in there. <clears throat> uh, moving on. If you have ever been to a restaurant, have a nice meal, uh, maybe on a date, maybe on a romantic outing with someone special, and uh, you your nice, pleasant evening meal has been interrupted by a screaming child at the table next to you, you will appreciate this. A restaurant in Singapore believes they have figured out how to make kids pipe down and eat their food peacefully. They are hitting parents where it hurts right in their wallet. Uh, Angie's Oyster Bar and Grill is now charging parents $10 every time their kids are screaming. (laughs) The uh, parents get hit with a surcharge and the results they say have been almost instantaneous. The restaurant implemented the rule a little over a month ago and has seen a marked improvement and fewer complaints from other customers. Spokesperson for the restaurant explains prior to the introduction of this policy, we were receiving comments or complaints from other customers on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis. Uh, so they, instituted this uh, surcharge for the screaming child uh the venue makes sure to let parents know of their policy uh ahead of being seated and a uh, restaurant uh, spokesperson says 99 percent of the diners have no issue following the rules we are happy to inform that the vast majority of our guests understand the policy was introduced with good intentions and they appreciate we're doing our best to make the dining experience enjoyable for everyone and not just a select few. I wonder if that is an idea that will catch on globally. $10 surcharge for a screaming child. Mm. wonder if it's just screaming child. Uh, because, you know, if, you, <laughs> if you've ever been in a restaurant and, and an adult... Uh, disturbing the peace. I wonder if that would apply as well. I think, I think it should. Uh, let's see here. I don't know if you uh, happen to catch this on Saturday night. A bright, glowing streak across the Adla- the sky above the Atlantic Ocean triggered a fury of speculation on social media about a, a brand new UFO sighting. Apparently, not the case. If you happen to hear about this. It was not a UFO. It was not a comet either. That was one of the other speculation. Turns out it was linked to the commercial space company owned by Elon Musk. SpaceX launched a Falcon 9 rocket from Cape Canaveral uh, just after 7.30 p.m. And that is apparently what folks witnessed. The rocket touched down on a drone ship in the Atlantic roughly nine minutes after launch, and that's what uh, the whole thing, I guess, was a uh, uh, a rocket test, um, not a UFO. Although uh, it may add credence to the idea that maybe Elon Musk is an alien, <clears throat> alien being of some kind. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Have you uh, have you ever maybe had? One too many to drink and made an impulse purchase that you later thought, what in the world was I thinking? What what happened here? Has that ever happened to you? You've been, you know, three sheets to the wind and maybe done a little drunk shopping uh, online or what have you. Well, uh, Luana Riberia of North Wales, she's 40 years old and she had a, a few too many. Uh, the other night, and made an impulse purchase that really takes the cake. Uh, she bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> she she saw the home with a friend, but the friend did not did not uh, enjoy the neighborhood and decided against bidding on the property that night. Uh, Loanna, after getting inebriated at a nightclub, decided to bid on the house herself and ended up winning. <laughs> she she said, I don't actually have any recollection of doing this, but apparently I got home the next morning, called the real estate agent, put in a bid, and got the house. <laughs> uh, she says it has caused uh, a bit of uh, uh, tension in her family. Uh, Ms. Riberia said her boyfriend has given her the silent treatment after... <laughs> but... As it turns out, the home ended up a good investment. She was able to flip the home for a profit and has since flipped two more. So <laughs> I, I think the, the other ones that she purchased, she was stone cold sober when she did so. But not such a bad deal after all. And finally, in the broken news this morning, speaking of uh, buying things on a whim, Will Siderey. Uh, he's from Maine, went to an estate sale. He was looking for a mixer I mean just a small kitchen appliance, right? He was looking for a mixer. Ended up buying a 700-year-old document. Mr. Sederi saw the framed document hanging on the wall, noticed it uh, was written in Latin and had gold detailing and thought, hmm, this is really interesting, might be worth something. Bought it for 75 bucks. Then had it examined by an appraiser, the parchment turned out to be 700 years old, used in the Bouvet Cathedral in France. And the appraiser said the document could be worth as much as $10,000, although he says he has no plans to sell. Invest in 75 bucks. Turns out it's worth 10 k Not bad. Uh, Story does not say whether he got his mixer, but I would imagine if he sells the document, he could afford to buy a new one. There you go. Uh, That is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced is halting all social media advertising. The two most
4: overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth. Using the media consumer's trust. Radio,
0: it's on. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. When asked what of the five senses uh, people consider the most important, you know, the five senses, uh, sight, hearing, touch, smell, taste uh, of those five senses, 77 percent of Americans say that their vision is the most important of those senses, 77%. Uh, hearing was second on that list at just 14%. And with the month of October being Blindness Awareness Month, it's right around the corner now, the folks at uh, poll did a, a survey on behalf of Envision, which is a company that specializes in LASIK eye surgery, and they asked Americans really an intriguing question. What would you miss seeing the most if you were to lose your vision. Have you ever thought about this? What would you miss the most? And according to this survey, 2,000 Americans responded in this survey. They said, uh, let's see, 15% said that they would miss seeing their favorite TV shows and movies. 15%. Okay. Uh, 22% This is when it starts to get a little personal. 22% said that they would miss seeing their pets. Uh, 23% said that they would miss the most uh, seeing scenes of nature, uh, just the everyday world around us. Uh, but the number one response in terms of the things that we would miss the most if we were to lose our vision, 26% said that they would miss seeing their children's milestones. Kind of interesting. The uh, things that we would uh, miss the most if we were to lose our vision. Um, 65% of those in the survey uh, wish that they had taken better care of their eyes over the years. Uh, 58% said that they pretty much take their vision for granted. And again, this is despite the fact that 77% say it is the, uh, uh, the most important of their five senses. And yet, uh, majority kind of take it for granted. Uh, the survey also found that the average person first begins to worry about their vision at the age of 39. Joining us in the studio this morning, a couple of members of the uh, cast of the upcoming youth theater production of All Shook Up, inspired by the music of Elvis Presley, of course, the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts, uh, Roz Hurtenstein and uh, Dominic Smith thank you both for uh, dropping by we certainly appreciate it for coming in uh, and uh, also the uh, director of the uh, production Samantha Henry is with us this morning Samantha thank you very much for uh, joining for us, us as well so uh, tell us a little bit about the a uh, uh, little bit about the story give us uh, kind of a uh, brief synopsis if you could
2: well, all right I'll get back you to. Um. Okay,
0: <laughs> that's it. So, uh, split the duties. So, that sounds fair. So
2: it starts out. It's there's this roustabout. He he goes around town to town, just living life. And there's this cute little town. No music. It's like. Uh, it's like Footloose, yeah. but <laughs> but so there's no music, and he shows up, and he kind of lives everybody up. He gets their spirits going, mm-hmm. and the mayor's not happy with this. She's trying to kick him out, and everyone's falling in love, and it's just everywhere. everything's happening so fast. And, yeah, it's pretty much Act 1, okay. The, the general basis of it.
0: And then what happens next?
5: Uh, well, all throughout the show, everyone's fallen in love with everyone, got this love hexagon going on, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, Act 2, everyone's just trying to find the person they're in love with and figure things out, and just gets funky and fun, yeah. So,
0: uh, obviously, as we said, uh, it's inspired by uh, and uh, takes its music from... Uh, Elvis Presley how familiar with obviously the two of you are long past uh, Elvis Presley uh, <laughs> era how familiar were you with this music prior to the musical not really at
2: all I <laughs> I knew Jailhouse Rock and Can't Help Falling in Love
0: that was it that was about it I was, that was pretty it.
5: familiar with most of them but there were a couple that I was like oh
0: Never heard that. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and do you get a uh, sort of a new appreciation for? Uh, oh, for the oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And uh, this sounds like a a, a fun story, uh, Samantha. It is kind of a reimagining uh, thing. This is not uh, biographical, obviously.
3: No. Um, it's actually based on a play by Shakespeare, um, Twelfth Night, which is one of my favorite works of Shakespeare. Um, a very mistaken identity, um, people dressing up as people that they're not necessarily in real life and that sort of thing. So it's very fun. And also with the music of Elvis Presley, tons of dancing, lots of opportunities for a new generation to be introduced to the music, but also their parents and grandparents and loved ones that come to see the show mm-hmm. can also appreciate that music sure. as well.
0: absolutely. Uh, kind of finding that common ground a, yes. a little bit, which is uh, which is kind of fun. So not only based on, uh, uh, on the music of Elvis Presley, but on uh, Shakespeare. So that's even further before your time, yeah. clearly. <laughs> uh, did you uh, make that connection uh, at all? I mean, are you at... All familiar with uh, Twelfth Night. That or?
5: is one of the few Shakespearean plays that I actually <laughs> love and enjoy, like reading. And... My
0: my extent of
2: Shakespeare is uh, I have a line in the show about Shakespeare. That's it. These <laughs> <laughs> two actually recite each
3: other, recite Shakespeare to yeah. each other in the show. So I through it and memorized the yeah, whole yeah, sonnet, having it the in there. Yeah. yeah no, I,
0: how much uh, how much fun is it to uh, work with the the youth uh, of youth theater? Obviously, this is a little bit older set than some of the other uh, productions.
3: Yeah, so I've had the opportunity to work through with first through twelfth grade in various shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I really have a passion for working with the sixth through twelfth grade. Um, I relate with them. I've got the opportunity to be on stage with many of them, so it's cool to have that like dual relationship um, and just. It really blossomed their love of theater. It's a very cool experience. That's
0: really the, the goal of youth theater. Yes. Uh, you know, kind of the overarching purpose uh, yeah. of this.
3: And as an adult, I've gotten to do a lot of theater with my adult friends, um, mm-hmm. so it's very exciting to me to see people that maybe have never been on stage before but really find their place and really enjoy being with other kids their own age that enjoy the same things that they enjoy.
0: The the youth theater uh, program, too, is... Uh about more than just those who are on the stage. I mean, the youth do just about everything. everything.
3: Um, So we teach them how to do lights. We teach them how to be stage managers, just um, being a person and interacting with other people and getting those speaking skills and all of those different skills that we use every day in our lives that we don't even really realize that we use. Mm -hmm. We use all of those skills in theater. So it's a really cool program to be able to teach that to our youth.
0: And it sounds... Sounds as though, uh, just my first impressions of the two of you, this is not your first production, you theater production? No.
2: no, no. Yeah.
0: Uh, what are some of the others that uh, you have been involved in?
2: Well, okay, so <laughs> this is actually my first one in like four or five years. It's been a really <laughs> okay. long time. Okay. but
0: So what made you get back into it?
2: I honestly really don't know. Yeah. I, I had a friend who who was connected with me, he was like, you really, you got to get back out here. And I didn't mm-hmm. have anything to do this phone. I was like, you know, I'll give it a shot. Okay. All right. why not? And I ended up joining it and I'm actually having so much fun and I'll, I'll most likely be back next year.
0: How <laughs> often, how often does that happen? Where it happens quite are-
3: a bit. Um, I've directed for them the past several years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to work with Dominic and probably the last show he was in was a one act called the snow show i think um and he did a great job in that show but that happens you don't see a kid for like four or five years and then mm-hmm. you see him again and you're like oh my gosh you're so tall they're all taller than me even well, the
0: sixth of, you know uh you know even tom cruise he didn't make a, a movie every year it's just every you know three or four years yeah. so yeah it's about the right and and raj you've uh, obviously yes
5: i've been doing youth is. theater since i was in second grade um and yeah, I've been participating. Has it always year.
0: been on stage for you or
5: Um, there was one year I uh, got sick at audition, so I did make up that year, but otherwise, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every year since. But um, that's
0: uh, but that's a, a whole different Yeah, but gotta, that was also
5: a great experience just yeah. learning like the backstage stuff and just having a different perspective on it. Yeah, I just love all aspects of and it. And Samantha,
0: is that uh, I mean, do you find that is the case? Do do kids find their niche or do they uh, you know, do different things different productions?
3: I think it's a little mix of both. The cool thing about youth theater is a lot of times when the um, first through fifth grade is performing, um, the sixth through twelfth grade will come and do tech for them, which is kind of cool, and vice versa. Um, So really... As long, once they get into the program and they're kind of hooked on it, there are so many opportunities. They have Youth Theater Club where they do different things at that. Um, there are the shows that are always fun to be a part of, but just a lot of opportunities for the kids to be involved.
0: So uh, this latest show all shook up. Give us all of the uh, details. When do you open? Uh, this Friday. <laughs> okay.
3: It's September 30th at 730. Okay. Um, and then October 1st at 2 p.m.
0: And yeah, folks want tickets...
3: Yes, they go to mcpa.org. That's the easiest way to get tickets 24-7. And then they can get it by phone Monday through Friday 11 to 4. And the phone number is 419-423-2787.
0: And uh, what a cool place to perform. It's going to be a, a terrific time. Fun for the entire family. It'll be a First great tour. show for the entire family. Again, uh, Dominic Smith, Roz, uh, Roz Hertenstein, Steen, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. Director Samantha Henry all shook up, uh, inspired by the music of Elvis Presley, the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts, uh, beginning on Friday. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, Breakdown, the latest book from National Geographic Kids is a How Things Work Look at How Things Don't. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.